0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Season Stories Podcast, a safe space for people to share their stories, advice, and experiences. Hi, I'm Benji, a high school student with a deep passion for stories of all kinds. This podcast stems from that passion. Looking back, some of my favorite memories are of my grandparents and mentors telling me their life stories, or just little things that got them to where they are today. This got me thinking. How many other people are there who have amazing stories just like the ones my grandparents shared with me, but no way to share them with the world? And so started the Season Stories podcast. Each week, I'll be sitting down with a wonderful soul as they tell us about their lives. My job here is to simply guide our storytellers into sharing with us whatever they so please. And hopefully... Create a safe and comfortable environment for them to go into tales of their childhood, relationships, job advice, traveling, adulthood, hobbies, or anything in between. This is actually round two of me recording myself talking about literal nonsense, but I figure it's good practice for my reading. Um, So, this is where all of the juicy stuff would go. Um, Obviously, Mr. Ronnie Mounts and I would be talking, or whoever else was on the podcast during this time, but since I am literally alone, I mean, my cat's here, but yeah. she can't really talk. Um, I'm just going to be reading some random nonsense in order to be like a space filler, and like I said, it's helping me with my reading, so there you go. <laughs> now, Ronnie, we're here for you. You're in charge of where this podcast goes, so feel free to share anything and everything you're comfortable with. I will be asking a few questions to sort of guide you into the, into some topics, but feel free to go off on tangents. In fact, it is encouraged. Now, Mr. Mounts, do you have any questions or concerns you'd like to bring forth before we get we begin? Before we begin, really hope I don't do that in the actual thing. He goes, oh, just one. Um, why do you get rid of all your hair? <laughs> and I go. I'm lazy, I didn't want to have to brush it no more. I I lie, that's what I say. In reality, don't tell anyone. But it was kind of a life choice. I was like, man, my self-worth is not determined by the amount of hair on my head. So I cut it all off, and now I have no self-worth. Wonderful, let's hop right into it then. The Hatfields versus the McCoy's. During the most heated years of the feud, each family was ruled by a well-known patriarch. William Anderson Hatfield, known as Devil Ants, had the appearance of a backwoods rough Hone mountain dueler. By the 1870s, Devil Ants was an increasingly successful timber merchant who employed dozens of men, including some McCoys. On the other side of the feud stood Randolph, old Randall McCoy. Though not as prosperous as Devil Ants, Randolph owned some land and livestock. Both families lived along the Tug Fork, in the the Big Sandy River, which snaked along the boundary between Kentucky and West Virginia, and both families had complex kinship and social networks. Family loyalty was often determined not only by blood, but by employment and proximity. The families often intermarried and sometimes switched family loyalties, even once a feud had started. The first event in the decade-long feud was the 1865 murder of Randolph's brother, Asa Harmon. French accent coming out again. Asa Harmon McCoy by the Logan Wildcats, a local militia group that counted devil ants and other Hatfields among its members. Many people, even members of his own family, regarded Asa Harmon who had served in the Union Army during the American Civil War as a traitor while some have surmised that his murders set the stage, while some have surmised, while some have surmised that his murder set the stage for the feud, most historians now see that this incident was a standalone event. Relations between the two families continued to sour over the next decade, before flaring again over a seemingly small matter: a dispute over a single hog. In 1878, Randolph McCoy accused ha- Floyd Hatfield a cousin of devil ants, of stealing one of his pigs, a value commodity in the poor region. Although they certainly shared a romance, this is completely separate. It is not Floyd and um, Randolph McCoy, although that would be juicy, wouldn't it? The romance was ended over a poor pig. This is completely separate. I just happened to put them together for some reason in my notes. Although they, certainly shared, although they certainly shared a romance, it rapidly became clear that Johans was not about to settle down with Rosianna. Several months later, he abandoned the pregnant Rosianna and quickly moved on. In May 1881, he married Nancy McCoy, Rosianna's cousin. According to the romanticized legend, Rosianna was heartbroken by these events and never recovered emotionally. The real turning point in the feud according to most historical events, occurred on another local election day in August 1882. Three of Randolph McCoy's sons ended up in a violent dispute with two brothers of double ants. The fight soon snowballed into chaos as one of the McCoy brothers stabbed Ellison Hatfield multiple times and then shot him in the back. Authorities soon apprehended the McCoys, but the Hatfields interceded, spiriting the men. To Hatfield territory, I'm pretty sure that's a typo, spiriting the men. (laughs) <laughs> After receiving word that Ellison had died, they bound the McCoys to some pawpaw bushes. paw bushes. Within minutes, they fired more than 50 shots, killing all three brothers. Using his political connections, Klein had the charges against the Hatfields reinstated. Um, apparently, Klein had it out for the Hatfields, I believe. Um... I think it started over some lands that Klein thought belonged to him, but in reality, the Hatfields had taken it as theirs, and as a political leader, he never forgave them, which seems a little unprofessional to me, but, you know. So, he had the charges against the Hatfields reinstated. He announced rewards for the arrest of the Hatfields, including devil ants. New Year's Massacre. The trial began in 1889, and in the end, eight of the Hatfields and their supporters were sentenced to life in prison. Ellison Mounts, who was believed to be the son of Ellison Hatfield, was sentenced to death. Ellison Mounts, who was believed to be the son of Ellison Hatfield. So, this is where it gets a bit tricky. Um... Okay, Ellison's mother, who is Harrison Mounts, this is um, Ellison Mounts, not Ellison Hatfield, um, was married to Ellison Hatfield, but ended up divorcing him and marrying Daniel Mounts. And then um, Ellison Mounts, who's the son of Ellison Hatfield, um, decided to take the name of Mounts after Daniel, who is his now stepfather. Um, I got that very confused. I thought that there was an affair and false naming of sons and dogs, but no. So there you go. Ellison Mounts, who was believed to be the son of Ellison Hatfield, which we know is now true, was sentenced to death, was sentenced to death, nicknamed, I can't read now, nicknamed Cotton Top. Mounts was known to be mentally challenged, and many viewed him as a scapegoat, even though he had confessed his guilt. Although public executions were against the law in Kentucky, thousands of spectators gathered to witness the hanging of Ellison Mounts on February 18th, 1890. Reports claimed that his last words were, they made me do it. The Hatfields made me do it. A bit eerie if you ask me. So, gosh, that means, assuming that um, Harriet Mounts, Ellison's mother, was on the side of the Hatfields as she married Ellison Hatfield. That means that the Mounts family was on the side of the Hatfields, although that wouldn't explain why Ellison was so well, he was mentally challenged, so apparently, so hmm. I'm going to assume that the mounts were on the side of the Hatfields um, and I feel really bad for listen now because he says that the Hatfields made me do it. And if he changed his name to Mounts, even though he was technically Hatfield, I feel like that means maybe he didn't want to part in any of this. Poor boy, but he was, he was the last executed. And that is the tea. Thanks. A special thanks to Mrs. Nancy Warner for encouraging us students to go out and change the world. This wouldn't be possible without you. To any listeners out there, each of you has amazing stories to tell. Your lives matter. I can't tell you how much it means to me that you're listening to this. To WordPress and Anchor for helping this podcast come to life. And to Mr. Jim Tackett. You instilled a deep love for learning and life into me. I will continue to find joy in your obscure narratives. Until next time, I send my love.